Hustle and Faith, this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. Are you enjoying the Hustle and Faith podcast? Regardless of where you listen to Hustle and Faith, if you love this show, please leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash hustle and faith. Again, that's ratethispodcast.com forward slash hustle and faith. Doing so will help others to discover this show. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. So today I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Dr. Alicia Shelley. Alicia is a board certified internal medicine and diplomat of the American Board of Obesity. She hosts a weekly podcast and YouTube channel entitled Back on Track, Achieving Healthy Weight Loss, where she discusses how to get back on track and stay on track with your weight loss journey. Alicia has spoken for numerous local and national organizations including the Georgia chapter of the American Society of Metabolic and Bariatric Surgeons, the Obesity Medical Association's 2002 Overcoming Obesity Conference, and has also been featured in Shape Magazine. She is also a fitness enthusiast who has completed six marathons and two Ironman, 70.3 miles. Welcome to the show, Alicia. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So glad to be here. Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. So why don't you tell the audience about yourself? Yes. So I am an internal medicine, obesity medicine physician, and I started in this field because I have struggled with my weight since childhood and my weight will go up, go down throughout the years. So you look at pictures and see when it was good times when I've lost weight and then other times when I've gained it. And a lot of times that was due to stress, you know, just with not only going through medical school residency, but then just life in general sure. um, so showed that I uh, struggled with my weight. And it really wasn't until um, probably 2015, I decided to do bariatric surgery and was able to lose a good 85 pounds. Uh But then once again, life hit it, you know, stress came and I gained back 45 of that weight. And after that, I realized that for me, having having extra weight is not just because I'm eating too much or not exercising enough. It's, it's genetic. It runs in my family. And so I started focusing not just on, you know, being on a particular diet, doing like Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, all the different diets that people have done, but focusing on um, actually making this more of my lifestyle change. And so I changed and shifted how I thought about it. And over the last three three years, I've been able to lose not only that 45 pounds, but even an additional 25 on top of that for a total of 65. And so, but it really was that shift in my mindset that really made a difference. Wow. Wow. So how how does the mindset play a role in weight loss? It is essential. Um, A lot of times, if you've been like myself, who've struggled with your weight, gone up and down, in the back of your mind, especially when you're about to start a new um, healthy habit or a new lifestyle change, you're thinking, is this really going to work? 
because it, you know it didn't work the last time. Is this going to work this time? And so sometimes when you have those negative thoughts that kind of seep in, it kind of stops you from putting your full energy into that whatever that healthy lifestyle is. It stops you from moving forward sometimes. And for other people, those negative thoughts can actually stop them from doing anything all at once. I had a patient tell me just this week that, or actually just today, she's like, if it doesn't work for me in a couple of weeks, I stop. And it's like, but did it not work? Or was it more of the fact that you didn't allow it more time? So these thoughts that we have are really, can really make or break our weight loss journey. You know what? I want to piggyback off of that because sometimes, you know, consistency is the key, right? But at the same time, how do we know, in your opinion, when is a good time to pivot? Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. So that woman did it for a couple of weeks. Like when it comes to weight loss, when should we think about pivoting if we don't see the results that we're looking for? So you definitely need to ask yourself, like, what am I looking for as far as the results? Mm. So, or define that because sometimes in our minds, we want to lose 30, 40 pounds and we want to do it within like two or three months. Um, so that, you know, 30 pounds is losing two pounds, you know, 10 pounds a month. Um, mm. Healthy weight loss is usually one to two pounds a week of weight loss. And so sometimes like if you're on your cycle or if there's some type of hormone or stress, you may find that you gain several pounds. I know personally, I gain a good five pounds on my yeah. cycle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I just know, okay, it is what it is. I, yeah. I, mean, I weighed myself. I know what it is. Yeah. And then we'll just see what it is next week. Um, and so you really have to give yourself a, a good amount of time. So medically, we recommend at least giving yourself um, three months or 12 weeks to see if you've lost at least five to 10% of your body weight. If you have not lost that 5%, at least 5%, then that means you need to change something up. Maybe you need a different mm. um, approach, a different medication, trying something different in your diet. You need to change it up. Um, but if you found that in that three months, you've lost over you know, you're, you know, you're over that 5%, then it actually is working. And you just need more time. So give yourself three months to kind of, um, to do it and be consistent with it because, you know, they do some studies say that you need 21 days, but there's other studies that say you need longer to make a habit. And a lot of times these habits, we may not be, we, I don't expect anybody to be perfect, but there may be areas where we can improve. And so you want to give yourself that leeway to kind of work on your healthy habits because your healthy habits, once you get to your goal weight, is going to be what helps maintain you. So you definitely want to at least give yourself three months on a particular um, a lifestyle change to see if it's working for you. Okay. That is so, that's so encouraging because sometimes you look at that scale and you're like, yeah, maybe I should change. <laughs> and, and, and it's way before. <laughs> the time frame that you said. So that is a perfect segue into the next question. What are some common myths about weight loss that hurt our quest to do so? Yeah. So it's interesting that you talk about the scale. I think the one myth that we have is that if the scale is not moving, is that I'm not improving in my, or not improving in my health or not improving my weight loss. Yeah. Let me explain that a little bit. Um, what happens is that sometimes when you start working out more, you start doing the strength training, you actually start to build your muscle. 
And it is important for you to do that because muscle burns more calories than fat does. So the more toned you are, the more that you're, you're, you're burning more calories at rest. So, and, and also muscle weighs more than, um, than fat. So when you get on that scale, it may seem that the, the numbers aren't moving, but if you're building muscle, it's going to be the same. So what I recommend for people is to make sure you have multiple ways of evaluating whether this particular healthy lifestyle is, is helping you, is serving you or not serving you. And so you can do this by definitely keeping your measurements, you know, doing your measurements of your chest, your neck, uh, your waist to kind of see, is it decreasing? Um, and then other times you can also look at your clothes to see how they're fitting. You can also take pictures before and then kind of keep pictures um, through the process and just review those to see, oh, it does look like I'm losing weight. Because I have, because um, I have several patients who they didn't know they were losing weight until somebody told them. And then somebody looked at them and be like, you lost weight. <laughs> Uh, so it is important to kind of like make sure that you are looking at other aspects than just the scale, because sometimes that scale can really, um, can really not be the full picture, um, of, of how successful. And then also I forgot to say that how you feel, how you feel, like if you're feeling healthy, you're feeling good, keep going, keep going. Yeah. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah. Um, so one other common myth that people have about weight loss is that there is one particular diet that's going to help them lose weight. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. This is a, yep. yeah. And then maybe I have one lady, she's like, is it the low carb diet? I'm like, but you're not a diabetic. You don't need to do that. Um, you don't need to focus on that. Um, so, and the funny thing is they've done studies where they've actually you know, went head to head with the Atkins diet, South Beach diet, all the different diets that were popular at the time. And what they found is that people will, all, all people, if they did the diet, lost weight. So what that tells us, it doesn't matter the type of diet. What matters is if you stick to the diet. So the diet that, the best diet for you is a diet you can stick with that actually implements healthy principles or healthy habits. And, and let me just say some healthy principles that people should incorporate in regardless of whichever diet they decide is going to be like your um, less processed foods, like your TV dinners, your canned foods, um, you know, foods that are high in saturated fats you want to decrease. So like if you're going to fast food and you're getting these burgers and fries that are just like you know, just all in the types of uh, oil, you want to mm -hmm. reduce that. Um, also focusing on foods that are less processed or foods that you cook at home, where you can actually, um, you can, uh, I guess, monitor how much salt and how much saturated oh, fats yeah. in there. Um, the other healthy principle you should incorporate is um, making sure you're increasing your complex carbohydrates like your fruits and vegetables, your whole grains, those are much more healthier for you than um, foods that are like a simple sugars, such as your cookies, your cakes, those are less health, less healthy um, for you or unhealthy, shall we say. Sure. Um, and then also I would recommend um, fiber. So that's with the fruits and vegetables, you feel less, less hungry. Um, and then also um, water. I know it sounds crazy, but water is actually very helpful for you. It cleans your, it cleans your skin. You have less acne. It cleans your body. So making sure you're getting that water in 
and avoiding the sugary beverages. Um, sometimes we have, we're used to having a Coca-Cola or a, a, a type of soda or pop, mm -hmm. depending on where you are in the, in the US uh, with each meal. But you don't necessarily have to have that. You know, it doesn't make or break your meal. You can have like a, a water. So trying to avoid the sugary beverages that have that liquid, uh, liquid calories, like I would say. So those are just a couple of myths that people have about weight loss. Mm -hmm. You know, let me ask you a question. Uh, I want to follow up on that because we talked about the different diets. What are your thoughts regarding the weight loss trend diets? Oh, so it it needs to be individualized to the person because there's no one diet that's going to fix everything and everyone's different. Now, let's say you have diabetes. I would definitely recommend a low carb diet for you. Um, but if you have like high cholesterol, then I wouldn't recommend the keto diet because even though the keto diet is low in carbs, because you're not eating as much carbs, you're eating more fat. And so if you have high cholesterol, that fat can actually increase your cholesterol. So that's one of the side effects with keto. You can see a bump in people's cholesterol by eating it. So I would not recommend um, using uh, the uh, keto diet for that. Um, for some people who have heart disease, who have the um, high cholesterol and stroke or had a history of stroke or have that in the family, you may want to focus on more of a low sodium diet, like the DASH diet. If you have high blood pressure, you have heart disease, you can focus on the Mediterranean diet or the plant-based diet where you're eating more fruits and vegetables and less of the saturated fats. So to be honest with you, it really depends on not only the person's individualized medical conditions, but also uh, their preferences uh, and their culture. Uh, some people, they, I had one guy today said, I eat meat and potatoes. I'm like, well, so let's see how wow. we can, uh, <laughs> like how, you know, the meat I think is fine, but let's see how we can taper, um, you know, the potatoes and maybe try some veggies or what can you substitute? So it needs to be individualized to that person. Cause I have, I also, I have a lot of different patients, but I remember I had one patient who just didn't like vegetables, like not at all. Not wow. at all. Huh. <laughs> I love vegetables. <laughs> I know. I was like, you couldn't have had tried every single vegetable. Like, <laughs> yeah. but for him, it was just a non-starter. So we had to find other ways how we could help him be successful by having an individualized diet to him. So that's wow. kind of the, that's kind of the thing, having that individualized diet um, and, and individualizing it to the patient. Mm. Makes perfect sense. You know what? I, I thought about this too. I, I'm going to go back to the myth mm -hmm. question. Body mass, I think it's body mass index. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts regarding that? I've read, you know, so many different like articles, like oh, it's, you know, it's legit. And then other articles, they're like speaking against it. What are your thoughts regarding that? Oh yeah. So the body mass index was just as a guide to kind of help us to see who's in more of a, a normal weight, who's nor who's in the um, uh, overweight and obese. And so just so that people are familiar, the body mass index or BMI looks at, takes your height and your weight and kind of mm -hmm. puts you along a chart. And so you're considered in a normal weight when your BMI is 18 to 24, you're considered underweight when you're less than 18. Mm -hmm. um, so it means like you're, you know, less, have a little bit less nutrition um, or mm -hmm. you're concerned about um, just that underweight category. If you're in the overweight, when you're between the ranges of 25 to 29, you're considered in the obesity when you are greater than 30, so 30 and higher, you're mm -hmm. considered in the morbidly obese. 
when your BMI is greater 40 than higher. Um, the one thing I would say when they were creating the BMI, they didn't have, they didn't really look at African-Americans. They were not in the study. Uh, there was more of a Swedish men. So it wasn't really looking at women. Um, and so there's definitely, it's not, it's not the gold. I mean, it's what we use, but there are some um, biases in it. And there are some things that aren't necessary. You have to take some other stuff into consideration. For example, if you had the rock, the rock would be considered to have a BMI uh, in the obesity range because of just how much muscle he has on his body and how tall he is. And he's a tall man, big um, muscle guy. So he would be considered obese, even though this man works out like tons and tons and tons per day. So you always have to look at it with, um, you know, under a microscope because it's not always as accurate. And you kind of have to look at other aspects when it comes to weight loss. So you have to look at how you feel at your particular weight. You have to look at um, not even how you feel, but how you like, are you happy at this weight? Does this make you feel happy? Or you like the way your body looks as well? Mm -hmm. So sometimes there may be people who are in that overweight category and not quote unquote normal. Doesn't mean that they're not healthy. It just means that, you know, this is, they like the way they look at that particular range. So you always have to kind of look at it in a different light when you're looking at the BMI, um, because it's not always as accurate for where you are. And because it's just, they didn't really look at African-Americans too. Um, mm -hmm. Because, and I will even say it for people of Asian descent, it's not as accurate because um, a majority of Asians are a little bit petite. And mm -hmm. so with them being petite, um, you know, that it may show that they're in the normal range, but because they have extra weight around their stomach, it puts them at higher risk for heart disease and stroke. So it's not always as accurate and you always have to kind of look at the individual. Yeah. So I just use it as a guide. And then also I, I look too at the person's medical conditions. Like, sure. is your diabetes controlled? Is your, you know, high blood pressure controlled? And we try to make um, changes to, to, to help control that. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. So when you're making those changes, what are some of the ideal foods and exercises that we should incorporate into a routine? Oh yeah, definitely. So going back to the healthy habits and the healthy principles, I definitely recommend making sure you're incorporating more fruits and vegetables. Number one, they're low in calories, but then also they'll fill you out because mm -hmm. they have lots more fiber. They're not digest as easily. And so it kind of stays in the colon a little bit in the small intestine, a little bit longer. So you feel, uh, you feel more satisfied. So definitely making sure you're getting at least three to five servings, at least. Um, it can be more and that's okay. Um, but we just want to make sure you're getting that in too. Um, as far as uh, foods that are less processed, so you're not going out to eat. Um, it's very interesting. There was a documentary called Supersize Me where this man ate. Oh, I saw that. McDonald's. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You saw the change over like oh, my how much time it was, but he his cholesterol changed, like his body changed in wow. just that few amount of time by just eating fast food. So you want to make sure that you reduce how often you're eating at fast food. And if you do have to eat, because sometimes people, let's say they're truck drivers. And so they're on the road a lot then you want to make sure either you bring your own lunch um, where you have like more healthier options, salads, fruits and vegetables that are at your disposal. Or you want to make sure if you do have to go and eat fast food that you're choosing a healthier option. Um, here in Georgia, we have Chick-fil-A. And so they have like grilled nuggets. They have, or even Zaxby's has a grilled chicken. Um, mm -hmm. So versus the fried. So you want to kind of make 
um, different and uh, more healthier options. They have salads now uh, where you can eat that. So it's not like you have to always eat the burger and the fries. Um, and then I think you mentioned the exercise you should yeah. incorporate. So definitely, depending on your limitations, if you have no limitations to exercise, I definitely recommend um, for, well, the current recommendation for general health benefit is between 150 minutes per week, 30 minutes a day, um, or for five days is what that would equal out to, mm-hmm. with plus two days of strength training. And with that strength training, it's going to help with building the muscle so that you can burn more calories. And so that's for general health benefit. If you're really trying to lose weight, um, you can you should be doing more, maybe closer around to 200. And if you're trying to prevent weight from coming up, then you should be doing between 200 and 300 minutes per week. Um, and the exercising can be what you enjoy. I sometimes when we talk about exercising, people are like, they put their fingers in their ears. They don't want to hear about it because they're like, I don't want to exercise. I don't want to do anything. And we all have different things that we don't do and do not like to do. But my recommendation is choose something you enjoy and um, have an accountability partner, have somebody that can help you be accountable to it. So if you enjoy walking, it it just helps your soul. You like getting out there and and the, um, and the atmosphere and just, you know, being able just to be at peace, then do walking. And then if it gets boring, have like, you're talking to a friend, like call a friend at the time, or, you know, you guys can walk together where it can be, or you can walk with your spouse or with your kids or your children. Mm -hmm. You can make it a family affair so that it doesn't feel like such a burden. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also you can change it up with the exercises. You can do walking one day, you can do a workout another day. Uh, one person I had, uh, she didn't want to go to the gym and you don't have to, you can mm-hmm. do a lot of your physical activity outside um, when it's, I guess the weather's better, but you know, or you can do it in your home um, where you're doing a YouTube workout. YouTube has like tons and tons of workouts, uh, yoga, Zumba, uh, chair exercises, if you have limitations. Um, so you can do something to keep moving. You just have to, you just have to find kind of what works for you. And it may not be something you find altogether. You may have to kind of work on it, but once you find it, you know, that this is what I enjoy doing and you keep going. Um, let's talk about if you have limitations. Sometimes we have people where you have back pain, knee pain, and it's just limiting you from walking or to doing physical activity. I would recommend with those, uh, individuals that they try using, uh, resistance bands, um, mm-hmm. where you can kind of, you know, they're, they're not like heavy weight, but you can actually still tone with the resistance bands or chair exercises and do what you can. Uh, sometimes one of the challenges that stops people from exercising is time. And so I'd recommend, you know, either doing like small bursts of exercise throughout the day, like maybe 10, 15 minutes in the morning, 10, 15 minutes in the afternoon. And that may make it easier for you to do versus having to do a full 30 minutes all at once, which if you're, you know, crunched for time may be more difficult. Fantastic, fantastic. I wanna piggyback once again off of that last question. You know, there's there's always been kind of this debate. So if you're one of those folks like like myself, I love to, I'm probably one of the rare people that actually does like to exercise, but if you do, um, I like to have my cardio and my strength training. I'll do all of that in one day. Is it, I don't know how to phrase this. Is it better to start with your cardio and then move to strength training or vice versa? 
Hmm. So in my opinion, I don't think it's any difference, to be honest with you. Okay. I, I think it just depends on what you prefer first. Like some okay. people like to do the cardio and then do the strength training because it's just, you know, you're you're not sweating as much. You can be able to relax, but other yeah. people do it. And, you know, um, differently, like I, I personally do it. I do like a session, like a hit session where we do a little bit of cardio, a little bit of strength training, and it's mm. kind of intermixed, okay. but you know, I guess the question is kind of what you're focusing on. If you're focusing on more of like, if you're trying to do your upper, upper extremities, sometimes when you do the strength training all at once, um, it kind of helps to, you maintain that burn or that tension. But regardless, when when you do it during your activity doesn't really matter. It's just whatever you prefer. Got it. Because I, I have heard like personal trainers argue back and forth on that question. So I just thought I'd ask that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone has their own opinion, but it's not like, you know, science that said, oh, you're going to be... <laughs> you're going to be at a disadvantage if you do it in the beginning or at the end. Okay. I mean, because I think ultimately we're trying to lose weight and you're going to still burn the calories. Fantastic. Fantastic. So what benchmarks should we use to determine if we're on the right track? You know, I, I we talked about that a little bit uh, earlier in the conversation, but just to reiterate, is it the scale, how we feel, I mean, should there be some sort of benchmark that we're looking at that's kind of standardized or what are your thoughts? So I wouldn't necessarily say there's a standardized benchmark. Okay. Um, I think it, 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 it's individualized based on the person. So okay. the scale definitely helps us know we're kind of moving in the right direction. Um, but then also if you're feeling good, you're moving better. Like I have some patients where they weren't able to walk like around, they would start walking around their school, but they couldn't walk around without feeling short of breath and tired. But as they started moving forward and, and walking more, they felt so much better. They're like, Hey, I can walk two or three times now around the school. And it's not even a problem. And you could see their weight decreasing. So it was, we knew that the fact that you were feeling better, that this is, we're on the right track. Um, so the other thing I would say, you know, if you're trying to, like, um, just if you're coming in a little bit later, if you give yourself three months and if you haven't lost 5% of your body weight by then, then you need to, you know, change up your healthy habits. Um, but for the others who are like, Hey, I'm meeting that five, 5% mark and I feel good. Then you just kind of know that, Hey, I'm on the right track. Cause ultimately it's about not only feeling healthy, but being happy. And, and so if you're able to reach that, and, and your medical conditions are controlled, then you know you're you're doing well and you're on the right track. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Love it. <laughs> so if you had to choose one word to represent your goals for this year, what would it be and why? Mm. Uh, so for me personally, right? Yes, you personally. We're in a mm. brand new year. I ask every guest that comes onto the show this question. So, oh, yeah. so my goal... Um, well, let me tell you a little bit about my goal. You mentioned that I've done an iron two Ironman 70.3 a half. And so my goal is to do an Ironman full. And I'm going to do that in October. Ooh. That's my big goal. That's nice. That's my big, hairy, audacious goal. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm, oh my goodness. So the one word to represent that is consistency. Uh, and when I, when I think of that for myself, because in order to get to that person who finishes an Ironman, 
I have to be consistent with my daily, um, my daily activities, my daily training. So exactly. I actually have a coach who's an Ironman coach who kind of gives me each day what I'm supposed to do. Wow. And truth be told, I sometimes don't want to do the yoga or I don't <laughs> do the swimming. <laughs> we all have those parts, you know? So, uh, you know, we just, we may not want to do it and that's okay. I just have to remind myself that, oh, I want to be that person that crosses the finish line. And not only do I want to cross the finish line, I want to do it in less than 16 hours and 30 minutes, which is where the time cutoff is for the race. Wow. So, so I, a consistency is that word that tells me what I need to do. So I'm not, even though I have the full goal, when I look at it on a daily and a weekly basis, I know I have to hit these different trainings. I know I have to be healthier um, with how I eat. Um, mm -hmm. It affects me because I, in my mind, I'm thinking I need to be that person that finishes that Ironman. And so, but I have to start now. Oh my God. I, I got to ask you more on that Ironman. Mm -hmm. What in the world possessed you to want to do the Ironman? I did three half marathons. I've never done a full. And I'm being honest. I was like, you know what? Let's just add up all the halves that I did and just call it like okay. I did a full. <laughs> I, I'm well aware that you're not, that, that, that doesn't fly. But still, what gave you the, the motivation to do that? I'm just curious. I always, always been one of those people. When people tell me I can't do something, I've been stubborn enough to be like, well, I'm going to do it, <laughs> wow. whether you like it or not. And I, I think I've been <laughs> like that all my life. Uh, <laughs> and so you know, I had one teacher tell me I couldn't go to this particular class. And I'm like, well, thank you for your recommendation, but I'm going to do it anyway. And so that's <laughs> just been my personality. And so I've actually told myself, I was not athletic, okay? Um, I played basketball for the church league. They wouldn't give me the ball. They just told me to stand there and put my hands up. <laughs> just I was just not athletic. I had two left feet. I couldn't bounce it. I could try to shoot it in the wrong, like I just was, it was just not my, it was not my gift. It was not my calling. Okay. I was, we were not going to college on a basketball scholarship or scholarship. <laughs> just put it that way. So um, I got into running actually uh, in 2016. And um, at that point I was sitting on the couch and my friend was like, hey, come do a 5K with me. So we did the couch to 5K app. Yes, I, I heard that. Yeah. It, I'm telling you, that app is amazing because you start slow. You start with the walking, yep. get used to it. And so I completed the, the 5k and I was like, oh my gosh, if I complete the 5k, I can do a half, I can do a 10k. And so I did the 10k, uh, here, uh, 4th of July here in, in, um, in Atlanta. And it was just fabulous. I loved it. And so then I did a half marathon, half marathon kicked my butt. So I understand you. <laughs> the half marathon but I had already booked the next marathon and whenever and once again I'm stubborn when I pay yeah. put money down yep. I'm going to get my money's worth so at that point I trained and I started enjoying it like I enjoyed the person I became I mean the person I had to be to, to finish that race so mm -hmm. the training that I had to put in each time I liked that and so um I did I've done about six marathons I think I mentioned that six yeah. marathons uh, my next one is going to be in London. 
Uh, we're doing the London Marathon. You're doing in that one? I, I mean, I still keep track of the, the you know, the marathons and stuff, but oh my goodness, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to go um, and I, and the funny thing is I like to, I'll travel and do a race. So like that's I went cool. to Paris yeah. and did a marathon. Uh, we're going to travel to London and do a marathon and then travel, travel around. So it's just kind of fun to see a different area. And then we're going to see London in a different way than if I was a tourist. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. But then I decided, um, you know, I saw, I never thought I could do an Ironman. Like I would watch the Ironman on TV I've where they would talk movie. about it at Kona. And I'm like, I can't believe these people are doing this. I could mm. never do that. And like I said, if you, um, if you tell yourself you can't do it and, and me being stubborn, I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to prove myself wrong. And then I saw, um, there was this gentleman, his name is Chris I'm going to say his last name. Let's tell him Chris. Um, he had Down syndrome and he finished the Ironman. Like he trained and he finished the Ironman. And I'm like, well, this gentleman who has Down syndrome can do this. I can train too. And so that's what started me on the journey. And I'll be honest with you. Um, this is my second year training for the Ironman. It is a total lifestyle change. I don't think I was as ready. Like, I don't think I... I wasn't aware of how my body would transform when I first started the process. Wow. So it has really, truly has mentally changed. My mindset has changed. Um, you know, you go through obstacles and the fact that you get on the other side, you're like, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> yeah. Just keep going. So it really changes um, how you know, it really changed. Like when you're going through the journey, you really have to focus your mind and change it in order mm -hmm. to complete it. So um yeah that's my goal oh my goodness we will live vicariously through you on that one yeah the Ironman I, I and I and I do I love sports so I, I'll watch pretty much everything but the Ironman I'm always like man look at those guys it's amazing because I'm in Chicago so I know they'll close down they have a um Chicago Marathon. Yeah, they have the marathon, but, but I believe they have an Ironman, something like prelim oh. or something in Chicago as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I know they'll close down parts of Lakeshore Drive and it's just like, wow. There have been times I've been able to watch them biking and then go to the 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 swim part. I'm like, man, mm -hmm. y'all are amazing. That That's kudos to you. Oh my <laughs> goodness. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. So last but not least, what's the best piece of advice for people who want to lose weight? The first thing, and this will help you lose weight. The first thing is you have to believe you can do it. Mm. When I was doing the Ironman, if I didn't believe I could do it, I wasn't going to get started. I was just going to sit there and be like, yeah, I'll do an Ironman. Yeah, I'll do an Ironman. Same with weight loss. You have to believe that you can do it. You have to put the negative thoughts that, oh, it's not going to work again, or I'm just discouraged. Put those thoughts away, put those away and focus mm -hmm. on what you can focus on and reframe your mindset so that you can be able to believe that you can do it. Secondly, you're going to go through all types of speed bumps and obstacles. There's going to be people who you may have a, a project at work. You may have a child who's sick or a family member that needs your care. There's always going to be something that's going to take, take your time. Sure. Not, but you have to make sure that you make time for the, the, the healthy habits, make time for the exercise, make time to meal prep your meals so that you can have something healthy to, to go home with, because there's always going to be something that takes your time. Mm 
And so by you not only believing, um, uh, making time for it, scheduling it, putting it in your schedule, um, making your healthy habits a priority, that's going to help with keeping you consistent so that you can continue to lose weight. So those would be kind of my three-step advice as to kind of help with kickstarting people who, who maybe are thinking about losing weight and just didn't know where to start. At least you start with those three. You'll find that you'll at least be able to not only start to lose weight, but then maintain it down the road. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I've learned a lot. I know the audience has as well. In the event that they want to get in contact with you, how can they go about doing so? Yes. So they definitely, I have a podcast called the Back on Track Achieving Healthy Weight Loss Podcast. So feel free to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, also, I have a free online course for those who wanted to get kickstarted with their weight loss journey. And you can go to thriveforlifechallenge.com backslash kickstart. Again, that's thriveforlifechallenge.com backslash kickstart. And you can just sign up for a free online course where we kind of go through in probably more detail than the time we had today, but talking about the mindset, the nutrition, the, uh, the exercise. Um, the one thing I didn't mention, but sleep and stress are important too with weight loss. So making sure <laughs> that you're getting enough of sleep and that you're, you're reducing your stress. So those two are things that we talk about there. Fantastic. And, and just so everyone knows, as always, all this information will be on my website as well as the show notes. Alicia, once again, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, then risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.